it's okay to not be okay. Don't go to God and pretend like everything's fine. Don't just put on a happy face uh, when you're around others simply to uh, try not to burden someone. We all need help. Hello, everyone. This is Darby McClatchy, the communications director here at St. Gabriel Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. It has truly been a challenging year and a half for all of us. We're talking about life gradually returning to normal following the pandemic, but many of us are still feeling the impact of all of the losses we've experienced and the changes that we've had to make. And now we're looking ahead and we're gearing up for still more change. We have to transition back to the office or to school. We're getting back into the routines of social and extracurricular activities. Whether we feel excited about all of this or anxious about it, how do we manage this season of transition from both a mental health perspective and a faith perspective? So on behalf of our parish's mental health and wellness ministry, we're grateful to offer this short podcast series on transition. In two sessions, we'll explore how we acknowledge what we've experienced and how we transition into our new normal. Two members of our parish are here to talk with us, as they did in our parish's previous podcast series on anxiety. We're delighted to have Christine Simpson back with us. She's a therapist in private practice whose specialties include the treatment of anxiety and depression, and also Father Mike Mitchell, our parochial vicar. Before we start, let's note that this podcast is provided for information and for encouragement. We're not intending it to be a substitute for professional treatment. We ask that you seek the advice of your doctor or a mental health professional for any questions or concerns about your own condition. So Christine, welcome. Thank you for being here. It's great to be here again. So we're gearing up to transition back into our routines. Some of them are old routines and some of them are probably brand new routines. While we're doing this, many of us are still feeling the impact of all that we've experienced in this past year and a half. So is there value in thinking about all that we've experienced as we prepare to move forward? Or is it just time to look ahead, just move forward? No, I think it's very important to acknowledge and process through the losses that we've experienced in this last year. We need to allow ourselves time to grieve what we've lost, and it's important that we're mindful of the things in our life that are important to us. Um, It's a way to be present and transition through something that may have brought about a lot of feelings of sadness or anxiety for you. It can remind us that we need to extend grace to ourselves as well and to others who are struggling. we, we have a lot of transition coming up and just giving ourselves the grace to transition back into those places that we're going to be and um, thinking still of the things that we've lost is going to be an important part of that and going forward. Yeah, Christine, as you're talking about sadness and anxiety, you know, certainly the death of loved ones that many people have experienced during this time or, you know, big personal setbacks in their um, own health are, you know, coming to mind, but what are, you know, some additional losses that people might want to take time to acknowledge? Well, it's been a difficult year for so many people. Um, You know, people have uh, experienced the loss in the form of the death of a loved one for many, the end of a relationship, end of jobs, 
um, being unable to celebrate specific milestones or simply just missing traditions that we were unable to carry on with last year. Yeah, there were so many of those that we had to put on pause that we just really could not um, gather to celebrate. Yep. I think even you know, another type of loss might be that security or comfort that people, a lot of people felt in previously being in a crowd or being physically near others. And that has been lost for a lot of people as well. Definitely. Yes. Acknowledging and understanding the effects of the losses we have felt in that facet of our lives is really important. Um, we're biologically wired for a connection with other people, and that connection with others will provide us a sense of safety and comfort, especially during stressful times. So that's been one of the more difficult parts of managing the struggles we face during COVID. We've not been able to connect in person. In fact, we were seeing physical connection with others as being possibly dangerous. So we know that social connection in person enhances our mental well-being, it regulates our emotions, and it even improves our immune system. Yeah, so thinking about loss in a, a big variety of ways um, can be really helpful to do. What about um, healthy ways to process through or acknowledge those losses? What are some ways to do that? Well, some healthy ways that you might be able to do that would be you know, taking time to journal, journaling about your experience. Um, and with that, you know, I tell people there's no rules about how you write. What you write or the amount of time you spend writing, a lot of people get stuck with journaling because they think there's a right and a wrong way to do that. So it's, it's whatever your way is. That's the best way to do it, whatever helps you to process through. Uh, talking to others about your experience. Find someone who will support you and just listen without judging you. Uh, catching yourself if you start to compare your loss to another person's loss, because we've all had a very different variety of losses in this last year. And we need that v- validation that our feelings are okay. So when we resist our feelings, they're going to persist. So we want to accept and acknowledge what those feelings are. That's vital to us processing and working through that. And then connecting with others in ways that give you enjoyment is also a way to manage and move through grief that you may feel from a loss. Yeah. What about for um, those of us who have children at home? Are these same strategies applicable for helping children think about what's gone on in the past year and a half? Sure, definitely, yes. Um, You know, with children, it can be a little bit different sometimes, but teaching children to name and notice their feelings and experiences is very important. You know, it helps to give them a vocabulary to cope and connect with others. And it also helps to put closure at the end of something and can really help them to see that there are opportunities for new beginnings. So, some ways you might want to do that with your child is to you know, help them name their emotions. You can model that by naming yours as you experience them. You can also find posters or cards with emotional expressions that help them connect an emotion to a facial expression or a body language. Um, let them know that there is no right or wrong in what they feel. Uh, teach them or find someone to teach them healthy ways to cope with those, those emotions, whatever they may be. And then just work hard to, to show them you understand and accept their emotions so they don't feel and connect you know, shame or fear to expressing their big feelings. Great. Yeah, so as we're kind of caught up in this current of having to move forward, there is some value in looking back a little bit and thinking about what we've experienced. Definitely, it's very important. And I do want to ask you about how we acknowledge also the good things from the past year, but I first want to bring Father Mike into the conversation. 
Father Mike, thank you so much for being here with us again. Thanks for having me here, Darby. It's great. So I would actually like to ask you the same question that I asked Christine, but from a faith perspective, is there value in thinking about what we've experienced as we prepare to move forward, or is it just time to move on? That's a great question, Darby. I do not think it's just time to move on and just pretend like it didn't happen and try to uh, you know, put on a happy face and off we go. Right now, there's, there's a lot that happened last year. And it, certainly when we reflect on it in the light of faith, there's so much that we can discover. I think it's part of our great uh, Christian heritage even our, our Jewish Christian heritage, right? To remember that in the Bible, the revelation of God to us is that we are a pilgrim people, that we're on a journey to somewhere, and that we can't just stay still or unmoving. We have to accept the fact that life is going to be changing. And each and every day, there's something new that will come our way. And if we look at it through faith, that new life, that new chapter, is also a chapter that God is writing in our story, in our life. And so we don't have to be uh, afraid of tomorrow, but we certainly also need to embrace whatever that tomorrow might be. So if we open up the, the Bible and we go back to the story of Exodus, when Moses had to go to Egypt and bring out the chosen people out of Egypt and into the promised land, you would think that that would just sound like something they would all want to do, but when you read the story about how much they complained to Moses about leaving Egypt behind, you, you just wonder, you know, what is going on? These people were enslaved and suffering in Egypt, and yet they didn't want to leave. Uh, there's something there that I think we can learn. Change is not always easy for us. We don't want to accept it. Sometimes we prefer uh, what's the saying? We prefer the evil we know than the tomorrow we don't know, right? And so you see that played out in the story in Exodus where Moses has to encourage and do everything he can through signs and wonders and miracles to get them to accept to leave behind Egypt to go to someplace new and beautiful. And so now as we look to uh, the end of summer when things will get back to normal and we'll have going back to school, to work, and there will be some changes in our lives, certainly. We need to, uh, without fear, know that wherever our Lord is leading us, it will be to a good place. Part of our Christian heritage is to also have a, what they call a dynamic memory, right? And that sounds like a funny expression, but it's what it means is to be able to look to the past with gratitude, to remember what God has done for us. And there's so many things that have happened in this past year that even though it was hard, uh, there's a lot of beautiful things we learned. For example, we all had more time with family and we discovered again the beauty of just being together as family to put aside some of those uh, distractions that would come our way that would pull us away from our loved ones in the home. I know that a lot of our parishioners are young couples that celebrated their wedding in this past year. A lot of them had to make a transition. It wasn't, let's call it, a large wedding with all the bells and whistles that come with it. It was a smaller, more intimate 
wedding with their loved ones that were closest to them. And what a gift that also was to be surrounded by the people who love you the most in that moment and as a family to celebrate that gift of uh, a new family being started. What happened in those small weddings was you lost sight of the distractions possibly of all the other things that happened in a little arch wedding and you go to what's essential. You go to what's important. We also have, uh, looking to the past, we now realize so much more how beautiful it is to spend time with our loved ones who are elderly, right? Our grandparents and our parents. Many of us uh, weren't able to see our grandparents or our parents for uh, many months just because of the social distancing measures. We've learned to not take for granted the time we have with each other, right? And the beauty of being able to be together in holidays and uh, just family gatherings, those mean so much more, right? The next time you're at a family gathering, I think you'll notice we're going to have this tendency to just want to be with each other and talk and maybe not get distracted with maybe yard games or whatever it could be that you're, you know, get distracted with on a family gathering. You just want to be together. I think those are uh, ways of looking to the past to see what has happened, how God has uh, been there with us and to remember his goodness to us even in those dark moments. So that dynamic memory to be able to say today, thank you, Lord, for the past and to carry that light with us into the unknown tomorrow. I love that image that you gave us of being a pilgrim people, because that really definitely makes you think of we're on a journey. We have a past. We started somewhere. We're headed somewhere and all the experiences that we have as pilgrim people. And that dynamic memory is beautiful as well, encouraging us to look at what we've experienced. But um, you had some beautiful examples of finding good in all of that as well. That would be such a beautiful faith practice that we can implement as we look on the losses and the challenges. What's another one that comes to mind for you? Well, I'd like to uh, mention what Christine just mentioned a brief moment ago about journaling. And that's been a very Christian practice for centuries, just to journal and so that we can remember the good things of the Lord. One of the things that you can also do when you're journaling is you can go back to some of those prior journal entries and reread them in light of what's going on in, in, your, in your life in that day. And you can reread them and discover certain patterns that come back. And perhaps some of those patterns might show you maybe a light that God just keeps bringing to you, right? Maybe there's some inspiration that you notice kept coming in the hardest moments. And then you realize that that inspiration that kept coming was God's way of speaking to you in that moment. And that becomes in a sense, a very real way of listening to God and, and hearing his voice in your heart. So you, it helps us to, uh, to cipher through some of those journal entries and to look back at the bigger story. What is God doing through all of this? Certainly moments of prayer, and that might sound like a typical answer, very simple to give, uh, just pray more. But what I mean by that in a very practical way is, above all, beginning and ending your day with some type of prayer. When you wake up in the morning, our Lord has given you a brand new day to open your heart and to 
offer him that day in return. Our Lord's given us that time, and you say, Lord, today with this time you've given me, I will love you, I will serve you, and I will do that by today doing the following, you know, and then you list X, Y, and Z, right? But keep it simple. It's, it's the things that every day you need to do, your duties. If you're a parent taking care of your children, uh, if you're a, a child, right, making sure you help your parents, uh, if you have elderly grandparents or parents, that's part of God's will for you is certainly going to be to reach out to them and help them. So your daily prayer offering, how you will respond to God's gift to you that day is your morning prayer. And in the evening, it's your Thanksgiving prayer. That's where you just make a list of all the things that you are thankful for, right? That is uh, some of the deepest prayer. And it's the deepest prayer because someone who's truly thankful is someone who's truly humble before God, recognizing that he is God, he is our creator, and he has given me everything. And to return that to him in thanksgiving is, is perhaps one of the surest signs of holiness in your life, that deep humility and thanksgiving. So beginning your day in prayer, ending your day in prayer, I think are faith practices that can certainly help us as we transition. Beautiful. I would think especially if we're, um, you know, really caught up in a lot of the memories and the struggle of this past year and a half, taking a little moment each morning to refocus our gaze on our Lord. And at the end of the day, even if it's been a, a really tough day, bringing our gaze back to our Lord and his goodness for us. Certainly. What about, though, Father, if somebody has really reached um, just a crisis point in their faith, the losses and grief of this past year are just seeming like, you know, too much to bear. I can't even really talk to God about it. I'm just so paralyzed by it or, or you know, suffering from it. What do you recommend at a point like that? The first thing I would say to someone in, in a very difficult situation that first, it's okay to not be okay. It is part of life to suffer some of these very difficult, uh, traumatic experiences, right? To lose a loved one in the hospital, you couldn't be at their side, and you knew they needed you, and you had to just accept the fact you couldn't be there. That is not something that's just going to go away, right? We're going to carry that wound with us for a while. So uh, it's okay to not be okay. Don't go to God and pretend like everything's fine. Don't just put on a happy face when you're around others simply to uh, try not to burden someone. We all need help. So if you're definitely in a difficult moment, don't be uh, afraid. Reach out very quickly and soon to get help, whether it's in the form of mental health counseling uh, or whether, and at the same time, in the form of spiritual guidance. We do offer that at our parish here. Uh, it's a beautiful gift to be able to come and to talk to someone else about faith matters and an environment that's confidential and non-judgmental and to be able to just be who you are. Ultimately, in prayer, we need to be who we are before God. He knows our hearts. So when we go to him in prayer as well, if I'm angry, then it's okay to give God an angry prayer, right? If I'm sad, it's okay to tell God that you're sad, right? He can handle it, right? He's our father. He's our creator. Um, turning to the gospel and reading the different stories about the passion of our Lord, 
when he carried his cross and how he was helped along the way by his blessed mother, how at the foot of the cross was Mary and Mary Magdalene and John. Some of those stories can speak to us because they're divine revelation. They spoke back then and they speak to us in the here and now today. So going to our Lord's passion, uh, that possibly can be a help for you. Uh, so that's kind of what I would recommend. Also, you know, remembering that Jesus didn't come and tell us that if we believed in him, we would have no more problems in this life. Right. right. He, he really did say to us, this world, because of sin, has become a place of tears and suffering, and I will bring you to a place where that will all go away. He opened the gates of eternal life. That's why he came. So even though it might happen that we can sometimes be resentful to God for the difficulties in our life, uh, ultimately, God has solved those, those difficulties, and he has taken them away in the light of eternity. That's why Jesus came. So um, even if you have some of those thoughts that cross your mind, our God can handle it, right? Be who you are before him in prayer, and that's when God can truly touch you in prayer because you're being yourself. You're not pretending to be someone else. That was beautiful, Father. Thank you so much. For our listeners, we will certainly share some of these suggestions from Father Mike and Christine in our podcast notes. But let's sh shift gears a little bit, though. Um, Father Mike alluded to some of the good that has come out of our experiences during the pandemic, some of the bright spots there. So um, let's take a look at some of those, Christine, and turn back to you. If we're making time to acknowledge all that we've experienced, what are some of the good things that we might reflect on? Well, I think it's really important for all of us to recognize that within any change or a transition, there's always going to be an opportunity. Um, with COVID, as negative as it has been in so many facets of our lives, it's given us all time to really pause. Um, I, I like to call it the great pause. And it really catapulted most of us into a world where we had no option but to get in touch with the simplest things of our daily life. So I heard so many people talk about noticing the small things in their life. They would spend more time outside. They'd hear the birds singing, notice the quiet because even the streets were quieter. Um, just spending time with their families, like Father Mike has discussed, uh, the smallest things just had more significance in their life. They had time for it. So it really helped people to avoid the noise and, and notice the things they often miss because of the frenetic pace that we had in our lives. So if we can move forward with greater respect for those things and the things we've learned about that are important in our lives and connect with those more intentionally each day, I think we're going to find that we're able to continue that growth toward more good in our lives. We want to hold on to some of those things. Some of the things we've learned, we don't want to. We don't want to let go of. We don't want to go backwards with those things. It's been a time for us to really reflect and and find the value, I believe. So, I mean, we've been really able to reevaluate what's important and determine on how we're going to build on our priorities with those things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm share that with you. And there were some good things that I would just be very disappointed to to lose. I really want those to continue sure. in my life and my family's life. Mm -hmm. So I think taking this time to look back on what were some of those good things, acknowledging those, it sounds like that can help us be more intentional and mindful about making sure they stay in our lives as we transition back into faster pace, you know, other routines. I'd certainly like to do that. Pra what would be some practices for doing that, though? 
Well, like, as Father Mike and I have both mentioned, um, journaling is a wonderful way to do this. And I think in t- at times, journaling can be used to, you know, talk about the things that are, we're struggling with in your life. But this would be more of a practice of gratitude. Um, and I'm sure people have heard, uh, you know, things that have been out there about gratitude journals in the past. Um, but practicing gratitude has been found to really change and help strengthen the neural pathways in the brain that help us feel better. So there's science reasons to be doing those sorts of things. And when we practice gratitude, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin, and when those are the feel-good chemicals. It's like a natural antidepressant for us. So there's evidence that practicing and recalling the good things that we have in life and things we've experienced will help us be less stressed and our emotions will be more well regulated, our sleep will improve and overall just our immune system can be stronger because of that as well. I've heard it said that you can't be grateful and anxious in the same moment. Absolutely. Got to pick one. So why not <laughs> right. why not pick being being grateful? That's right. How about for children? What might be some practices to help our kids think about the good that they've experienced or things they want to keep going with? I would say it's it's very much the same. What you could do for children, though, is to add something like a gratitude jar on the counter, you know, where everybody can put their daily thoughts of what they're grateful for, the good things that have happened. Um, Also, sometimes maybe putting just a notebook on the counter for people to write those daily gratitudes in. Um, They can evaluate that at the end of the day at family dinner or at the end of the week. Just everybody look back through it and see what their week's been like. It's a great way to reflect on all of that with children. It feels like it'd be a really positive experience for everybody remembering some of the great things. So we are acknowledging good things that have come out, but how do I be more intentional about keeping those in my life? I know I want them, but how do I actually do that? It's the consistency. And as with anything else, it's the consistency of having that daily practice, starting your morning with the journaling, uh, putting those words on paper for yourself to be able to reflect on I think, you know, making an intention that maybe once a week or once a month you're going to send a note to someone that tells them what you're grateful for about them in your life. Uh, it's, it helps to express that gratitude, and it also helps to hear the gratitude from others of how you may have touched someone else in their life. Um, so I think those would be things to think about, and then also looking at yourself and saying, what do I feel good about within myself? What are the things that I'm grateful for and who I am and how I'm wonderfully made and bringing those things to light in your own mind to encourage you on. And how about with children? Again, I think it's very similar. I think those are just the things that you can do with them, parents reminding their children of all the things that they have, the the talents, the strengths, the skills, um, how they see them helping other people, how they see them interacting in their family, but also going back and reflecting with them, as we talked about before, just on the things that they have had experiences with in the the last year that were really good and what they want to keep doing in the next year. I love how simple all this sounds. I think it probably (laughs) is pretty simple. Think about what you appreciated in this past year and a half, journal, talk about it, make a little gratitude jar. A lot of it's about connecting with other people, and that's what we've all had such a lack of. We've done it through technology, but it's just not been the same as being in person with with people, and uh, there's an energy you get from that and a connection that's just not there through the online system. No, and you're talking about even, you know, scientific evidence that there is such yes. value in practicing yes. gratitude. I yes. love that. Yes. Very good. The natural Thank antidepressant. You. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Christine. Sure. 
Father Mike, I'd like to bring you back into the conversation. Um, you talked a little bit ago about how there are good things that happen even in the midst of really difficult things, things that we had to give up, things that we lost. And that seems to be a pretty recurrent theme in scripture too. So would you talk just a little bit more about what God does in those moments? Sure, you're right. That is a theme throughout scripture uh, of going out into the desert, going through a dark night experience, and how yet through the twists and turns of life, God ultimately writes a beautiful story. I think we need in our lives those difficult moments. Let's call them uh, those desert moments in our life where we just feel like we're lost and alone. We need them. And part of the reason why we need them is because they help us to grow. They help us to expand our hearts, the capacity that we have to uh, to respond to God in love. And for example, if I were to go to prayer and go to church on Sunday and I were to ask God for a specific favor, let's say I really needed help to pay a bill that was coming, a medical bill, and I asked God for that on Sunday and I lit a candle and on Monday morning I get a surprise check in the mail and the bill is paid, it's you'd be ecstatic, you'd be excited, you'd thank God. It would be so easy to be close to God. Sure. But there's a danger there of God becoming just uh, that big man upstairs that gets me what I want and very temporal needs. And that's not who God is. He's so much more than that. And so sometimes uh, our Lord allows us to be in the desert in a sense to learn to walk on our own to go from crawling to walking it's a way of becoming an adult in our faith where sometimes uh, we don't get an answer sometimes things don't make sense and if i can embrace that in my life and not get angry at god or push him away then i've just taken a step forward in, in a true christian holiness right which wants to go to prayer simply to be with God, not to receive the things of God. You see that transition? It's, it's subtle, but it's the secret of the saints. They've learned to uh, live out their lives, not trying to um, get things that they want or to be selfish in some way, but it's a selfless detachment where God is then able to do so much more in their life, right? Their heart has expanded in a way that God can fill them with more of his grace and love. So the, the difficult moments, the dark valleys always have, uh, if we're open to it, they always have a transformative effect in our lives. And so so that's interesting, Father Mike, just to jump in there. So you're talking about being grateful for things, but also being grateful for the difficulties. Yes, that is something that can be on that Thanksgiving prayer list we talked about at the end of the day, to thank God even for something that objectively was, was really hard, but perhaps did us good. Maybe some coworker who tells you something that you didn't want to hear, but you absolutely needed to hear. Right? That's not an easy thing, but it always helps us to be better people uh, later on when we can accept those things with humility to embrace them and to be thankful for them. So in the midst of carrying a cross, we might say, thank you, Lord, for this cross. Yes, I think that's something the saints said often in their lives. 
Father, what are some things then that might help us hold on to this good or be more likely to notice the good in our lives, the things that God is offering to us? Well, I think one of them, Darby, is to realize that in our own lives, God is doing a lot of things and he's very active and he's doing that also for everyone around us. And so part of this transitioning back into what will be our new normal uh, we have to recognize that alongside of us, our brothers and sisters, some are going to be very quick to transition and others are going to take a lot more time. So there's this Christian, let's call it this Christian way of living that meets people where they're at, accepts them for who they are, and we live our lives in a way, the words we say, the things we do to help those around us to also be able to take a step forward from wherever they're at, right? In this time of transitioning, going back or reflecting on the past year, uh, there can be a danger to uh, just go too quickly in the transition and to sort of put it behind us, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of superficially not really acknowledging what really happened. Right. There's also a danger of going a little too slow and kind of getting bogged down and stuck in those maybe negative thoughts that just keep coming, and that also isn't going to lead us to uh, a better place, right? But whether we're fast or slow at accepting changes and embracing the new normals, right, I think giving everyone uh, the benefit of the doubt, being much more patient with loved ones and family members, uh, respecting you know, who they are as persons and the gift that they are, but also recognizing objectively that we're all in different places, you could say. And so uh, to not be so quick to judge, but to be so much more mm -hmm. quick to love. That's a, I think all of that's a, a beautiful reminder too of, I'm thinking of when St. Paul in Philippians 4, 6 talks about the importance of giving thanks in, in everything. Yes, that's a, that's a beautiful prayer there in Philippians. And I think that thankfulness, once again, comes up, as you said before, some of these things are so simple, right? But they have such a tremendous impact on our lives. When I truly am thankful to God for all that he has done in my life, that uh, is, a, is a secret recipe for a happier, more joyful life, and one that's certainly uh, taking many steps uh, towards your heavenly homeland in heaven. Father, I'm thinking too of the um, Ignatian practice of noticing God in all things. Is that something that might be helpful here? That certainly is. I would, I would preface that simply by saying to not maybe overthink that too much, right? As in, um, as if God was in absolutely every occurrence in your life, right? That it also, that would be too much, but we do know that as people of faith that our Lord is with us and that nothing happens that's outside of his knowledge, right? There's a beautiful line in Matthew's gospel where Jesus is talking to uh, the men and women and children in front of him, and he says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Our Heavenly Father knows everything you know, everything you need. And he says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, but yet not a single sparrow falls to the ground without your father knowing. And what he actually said literally was, God the Father will fall to the ground with every sparrow. Wow. Right? It's hidden in, in that literal translation is that it's not only God knows what's going on in our lives, but he's a part of what's mm -hmm. going on in our lives. And so uh, that 
trust and faith that comes from some of these beautiful passages in the Bible are certainly, if you need to write that on a post-it somewhere and put it on your bathroom mirror, go ahead and do that to remember you're not alone. I love that. Yeah, pieces of scripture, encouraging messages, reminders to be more um, compassionate with other people, any of that. I think that's terrific. You have, you and Christine have given us a lot of helpful ideas here, things that we are can implement in an easy and practical way. And for our listeners, we'll definitely put some of those in our podcast notes. So whether we're preparing to transition back into old routines or maybe some brand new ones, we hope everyone will take some time to acknowledge both the losses and challenges of the past year and a half, but also the good. And as you both mentioned, journaling might be a practice, talking with someone, thinking especially for journaling and praying that um, listeners might want to come and sit in the the church sometime um, and reflect and and listen in the presence of, of our Lord here and let God guide their thoughts and memories certainly something that can happen anywhere. Um, Father Mike, I wanted to ask you as we close this out, we're looking ahead to our second podcast where we will talk more specifically about practical ways to help you and your family members transition into this new normal. But I wanted to ask you if you might close this in prayer. Sure, Darby. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with us today to console us, to comfort us, to strengthen us so that we can face tomorrow without fear, knowing that we are your children. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. So for our listeners, we're grateful to be with you in faith and prayer, and we're looking forward to being with you in podcast two.